The truth? You want the truth? It is your earrings. It is your chocolates. But it's so much more. You're pretentious. You call everyone by their full name. You called my doorman Sammy Samuel. But you didn't even say Samuel. You went Samuel. Papier Mache? What is Papier Mache? Keep going. I, I think I made my point. <laughs> Welcome to Talking Seinfeld, the podcast where we discuss everything we know about the show about nothing. This week we are here to review the second episode of Season 3, It Is The Truth. I'm Dando. I am Guy. Nice to be here. Nice to be talking about what I thought to be a very fun episode of Seinfeld. Yeah, it really was. A very simple story, but a relatable one because the IRS, you know, the tax man, terrifying. Oh, God, yeah. (laughs) That reminds me, I've got to go lodge one, maybe two returns um, with the tax man. Oh, God. Yeah. But uh, I think we've all done a little bit of a dodgy on our tax forms at some point or another in our life. We can all relate to it. And um, the idea of being audited is just, even if you've done nothing wrong, it's kind of like when you're driving your car. Oh, yeah. And you've just come from dinner. You haven't had anything to drink. You see a booze bus and you go, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. I'm going to prison. <laughs> That's the. I was driving over to lovely Louise's house the other night and there'd been some kind of bingle or traffic incident at the corner of... Church and Minerva, as I was turning right into Minerva. Good word, Bingle. Bingle. I like it. Yeah. Lara, Shout out to Lara. La- Lara should have kept that <laughs> rather than change it to Worthington. But anyway, yeah. that's neither here nor there. But there were the red, the red blue lights. And I'm like, I've done nothing wrong here. This ca- I have not had a drink or anything else. This car is in perfect working order. But driving past, I'm like, <laughs> don't make eye contact. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yes, it's a bit like that. but yeah, And I don't think the tax office is genuinely out to get you, unless, of course, you're really shady. But just dealing with them is like, you want to take the money that I don't want to give you. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm supposed to pay this, but how about I don't? That's the thing. I mean, in a perfect society, it's like, yeah, you throw a little bit into the pot and the roads get mended and the you know the lights the traffic lights stay on and the street lights and all that kind of business and it keeps society moving forward. But I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's just a very cynical time we live in. It's like that rich dude over there is going to get away with paying like 1% of his billion dollar earnings. Meanwhile, I've got to give you half of my shit. What? But with this episode, I also like the um the fact that just the basic story of telling the truth because everyone mm. wishes they could tell the truth <laughs> but it rarely ends well when you're in a relationship if you're telling certain truths and, and we all like to think we can handle the truth but I must say never ask a question that you may not like the answer to that is exactly <laughs> right that's what I've written down here as well it's like um, never tell anyone the truth if you don't want to hear the truth in return yeah and it's like once you, when you start dating somebody as far as you should be concerned their relationship life started when they met you don't ask anything about the past because that doesn't matter <laughs> because <laughs> you shouldn't want to know. You, like, if, you, if you can handle that's fine. But a lot of people can't. They like to think they can. And they ask, they ask the questions, they get told the answers and they go, I'm going to dwell on that forever. <laughs> I think it's neither black nor white. I think you've got to have a certain grey area or a certain limit that you are willing to go to in terms of like, I'm going to reveal this much about myself. And it may like be, if it's someone that you truly care about, it could be up to 90% of... All the stuff you're carrying around, all your baggage. But I think 
I think most people carry a certain amount that they just keep with them. It's like, I love you, but I'm not going to tell you about this thing. Mm. <laughs> or you've got that thing you do, but guess what? You're so great in every other respect that I'm going to let it slide. <laughs> so I used to work with this guy at Ford. He was telling me once, he made the mistake, right? And he's now married to this, to this woman. He's got two kids. But he made the mistake of asking the question, one man should never ask his partner. Ooh. And he said, of all the guys you've been with, do I have the biggest penis? <laughs> he said he asked her that. I was like, why would you ask him that? <laughs> and he was told, well, no, I dated a guy who had a 12-inch penis once. And he said, I now have to live with that. <laughs> so he said to me, never ask that question. I'm like, I never even thought to ask that this question. Is the, this is the point where you justify to yourself. It's like, well, yeah, but he probably didn't know how to use it. He was probably just like, yeah. <laughs> it's not It's not how big it is. It's what you do with it. <laughs> the refrain or the um, the motto of uh, substandard or average guys everywhere. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Another thing I liked about this episode, should we get in, oh, we won't get in famous just yet, but there's another aspect I liked was I just thought Kramer and Tina were so fun together. They were a perfect fit. I never would have picked it. <laughs> Nor did I have forgotten that they were actually the um, the tribal dance Yes. Yeah. yeah. So but she is just as crazy and as wacky as Kramer needs someone to be. She and she just loves him for it. I thought it was fantastic. They seemed very well suited, didn't they? Yes. They certainly did. That is a good one, still. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorites. So, what was your favorite moment from the truth? It's a bit that I'd forgotten about until I saw it this time. And of course, it's a Julie Louis Dreyfus moment because I'm a big Julie Louis Dreyfus guy. But um, where she rocks into Jerry's apartment and Kramer's there, and it's after a certain incident, she looks at him and goes, Hello. <laughs> Very awkward. Oh, it's you. Um, oh, it's you, is it? Yes, yeah. because, well, might as well cut to the chase. He has seen her naked. I'm like, Kramer. Yeah. That was a very fun scene. I love the way she was like, Jerry, how can I go on now? <laughs> yeah. I mean, great uh, verbal acting and great physical acting by uh, my gal JLD there. I like that very much. Um, uh, another yeah. bit I liked, it's another Kramer moment where uh, Elaine and Jerry are sort of talking about the whole charity tax schmozzle and you know now Jerry's being audited and uh, Elaine says, that's karma. <laughs> so, no, that's Kramer. <laughs> Like, yeah. Also, did write my notes. So it felt very. Um, that felt very like sitcommy, though. It did, but also like something Jerry would say, and probably very proud of himself for doing so. The other moments I liked were when George realizes, "Oh shit, I've given the papers and I've just broken up with him." And he says, "I broke up with her," and Kramer just sneaks out the door. Yeah. <laughs> After Jerry's been doing, I would kill him yeah. from limb from limb. <laughs> and also when Patrice is um, meeting Jerry and George is like, this is my friend. Oh. And Jerry does the patronizing wave as well. <laughs> Just the, that stigma of going to a place such as that where they the people, and I, I'm sure it's not like this now, but some people feel they need to talk down to the person. Oh, no, yeah. they, they just... They're, they're no different from them were yesterday. Why just, are you talking like this? Just tread very gingerly. It's like, I don't want to set them off. I don't want to pull any triggers or anything like that. So you just, how's it going? Everything yeah. okay? Yes. And they took it to extremes. <laughs> I thought this very much was the George Costanza show, this episode. It was almost like mm. Jerry was the sidekick, don't you think? And it's happened, a, it's happened a couple of times so far where the where Elaine or George have been sort of been the central characters. But this very much felt like the George show. Very George. If you're going to do a sort of a power ranking of who's owning this episode, yeah, it yeah. seems like this is a George episode followed by a Kramer episode. True. And then, yep. and then Elaine and Jerry. 
Could you spell that, please? No. Next question. All right, trivia for the truth. You kick off, Mr. Davis. I shall. Uh, what is the name of the quote-unquote depression clinic? Uh, wood something. Wood something. It's always wood something. What <laughs> it is, is it? It is indeed. It is Woodhaven. Woodhaven. Okay. My first question is, Patrice quotes a poem by who and what year was it written? I can give you half of it. It was Thomas Carlyle, mm-hmm. aka and Thomas 18, C. 18. 60. 60. When I'm four. Yes, there you go. <laughs> Thank you for that that life raft that you threw me. Appreciate that. <laughs> Your next question. George um, insists he's going to pay for lunch with Patrice, but then she insists on, but then he's like, okay, you can throw in how many dollars? Four dollars. Again, four. <laughs> Four is the magic number this week. Uh, It's quintessential George. So great. And I love that they put that gag in just before they have Elaine say that you're cheap. And he's like, I'm not cheap. (laughs) You just asked your girlfriend who you broke up with to pay $4. My next question is, where was the supposed volcano going to erupt? Uh, That's Krakatoa. Yes, the Krakatoa. Correct. Hit me with one more. In the word association banter that uh, mm-hmm. George and Jerry have at, at Woodhaven. When George says blanket, Jerry says... Leroy? Leroy. Yes. Now, what is that a reference to anything? No, just a no, random just, word. Just a because there's no wrong words. answers, yes. because yeah, there's no wrong answers. <laughs> that was actually pretty funny. My final question is, when Jerry is looking for that final, or not the final receipt, but in the final scene, looking for a receipt for that computer from 1987, he describes the man who sold it to him. What was he wearing? It was a maroon jacket, I believe. Yeah, with a... Uh, Hairpiece. He thought toupee. Toupee. It was a weave. (laughs) All right, that is trivia for The Truth. Stick around, guys. After this short break, we'll be back with our in-depth review of the episode. If you feel like having yourself a time, then check out our new podcast, Going Down to South Park, where we go back and revisit every episode of the iconic series, dissecting the stories, reveling in chef sing-alongs, and chuckling at the occasional fart joke. Going Down to South Park is available now for free on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. If you're looking for a podcast that'll always be there for you, look no further than our new show, The One About Friends, hosted by myself and my incredible wife, Nicola. She is literally the biggest Friends fan I know, so who better to help me as we revisit every single episode of the show, discussing the characters, fashion trends, and how this iconic series still relates to our lives to this day. The One About Friends is available now on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. The original air date of The Truth was September 25th, 1991, directed by David Steinberg. So this is one of the first ones to not be directed by Tom Sharonis. Oh, okay. It was the first episode other than the pilot, I believe, that was um, not directed by him and uh, written by Elaine Pope. This is also her first writing credit on Seinfeld as well. So the episode kicks off with some stand-up describing the extra button on the shirt. And usually these stand-ups have some sort of relation to the episode, but no. I know the extra button is the first conversation ever had on Springfield, uh, on Seinfeld, I should say, and it's the final conversation ever had on Seinfeld describing the extra button. Oh. So when I saw this, I thought, oh, do they mention that gag again in this episode? But no, there's no mention. But the extra button line is a, is iconic in the in the Seinfeld universe because it's the first and last conversation they ever have on the show. Well, there you go. I felt personally attacked by Jerry's um, stand-up you routine. You have a collection of buttons. I'm, I'm, I'm a button guy because, you know, you'll buy... A, being a preppy of a certain age, I 
buy a few things from Country Road, and they usually come with a with a, a spare button, you know, if you buy a Henley or a shirt or a jacket. And I'm like, well, I'm not throwing this out. <laughs> no, I may I may lose I a button. Ninety four dollars for this shirt. That, that is correct. <laughs> so um, yes, I've got a, a little wooden box full of those buttons. Wow, wait, what, that all organised and everything? Oh, God, the, no, they're not organised. It's like, eh, there's another one. Toss it over there. <laughs> there's another And there's then another the buttons have never come off. So yeah. it's like I've never had cause to use any of this. The other reason I felt personally attacked was, yeah. oh, my God, that outfit that Jerry's wearing. Yeah, not great, was it? <laughs> oh, that jacket. <laughs> Oof. So we're now at Monk's, and George is completely bored with his conversation that he's having with Patrice. Immediate red flag, Patrice. Just look at what she's wearing, that, that whole sort of Asian-inspired outfit. Look, I don't know if it's a kimono or what, but it sort of looks like one. She's got the chopsticks in the hair. It's like... It's very pretentious. He's, he's bang on. <laughs> she's so pretentious. I'd really like to eventually work exclusively on my papier-mâché hat. <laughs> I, I don't understand. Paper-mâché hats? What, what if it rains? They're art. You hang them on the wall. Oh, art. Papier mache hats like, oh, man. Shit, they're really sort of front-loading how terrible this person is. And George uh, is saying everything that we are thinking. is like, really? Paper mache, what if it rains? It's, it's art. <laughs> it's like, oh, fuck off. <laughs> and the first thing George asks, of course, is... Well, is there any money in it? Because you know, he's all about the money. He isn't. He doesn't put any effort into anything if there's no money involved. So he just completely is just not interested at all. And is this where he breaks up with her? It's not quite, is it? No, no, no. I think he's, 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 he's tolerating for the time being. But, yeah, he's tolerating. Uh, I think he just gets so. Um, yeah, it's it's apparent early on. It's like <laughs> this ain't gonna. Not work. only is this woman not right for George, I don't think she's right for many people. No, Jerry and Kramer are now at his apartment. And they're going through receipts from 1985 and 1986 mm. because he's getting audited due to a charity that he, or a fake charity, that Kramer got him to donate to. When was that? Did I say what year he donated to? Was it in, in the 80s at some point? On his first date with Elaine, basically. It and the reason was. that he did that was Kramer didn't he, think it was a, a fake charity. No, no. Kramer wasn't setting him up or anything. Kramer got sucked in because Kramer's got a good heart and he was trying to help the cracker tolerance. <laughs> I loved I loved during this part, though, I think Jerry says, I blame myself. Whenever... Eight times out of ten, when you say, I blame myself, you really are saying, I blame myself for trusting you. Yeah, I, I should have seen this coming. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's really, I blame you, but I blame myself for thinking that you were actually worth a damn. Yeah, but it's, uh, sometimes when... It depends how smart the person is that you're angry at. Sometimes I'll understand that. Sometimes I'll think, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whew. I thought I was going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> it's like, eh, I don't, yeah, think nothing of it. Yeah. But, yeah, so he... um. He explains how he burst in during his first date with Elaine and he did it to try and impress her. And Kramer mentions how he doesn't pay taxes. Well, it's easy since you have no income. income. <laughs> <laughs> Elaine then enters the room. And she. I thought Elaine had every right to be pissed off in this episode. That kitchen was horrific. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, yeah, when she goes back later in the episode and you see how scungy it is. Oh, I think I was dead set, by the way, and we'll get to it when we get to it, but one of those yeah. questions I thought we were going to ask one another was, what were the African dishes? Oh, I wrote them in my notes, yeah. Okay, well, we'll talk about those later, but yeah, this whole thing, no, you don't strain the sauce. He's an idiot. No. <laughs> then he explains the charity situation to Elaine, a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and Elaine <laughs> makes fun of him for, um, for trying to impress her on the first date. I think every guy would have done the same thing. It depends, it depends if she's showing interest. If she goes... Oh, these poor Krakatoans. You're like, oh, well, now I've got to fucking donate money. Yeah. <laughs> oh, but even if you're like out at a restaurant or something, it's like, 
hey, that was good service. Better throw him a decent tip, show me <laughs> I'm that kind of guy. So, yeah, I think maybe it's just dudes, but we tend to be a, a little show-offy in that regard with our money. <laughs> I remember our first date, Nicola and I, Nicola wouldn't even let me pay for like her movie ticket or the food or anything. She was just oh. like, no, no, I pay for it. I pay for myself. And I'm like, okay, cool. Are you, sh- <laughs> are you sure? She's like, no, no, I'm paying for it. I'm like, all right, okay, fair enough. And that sort of just caught me off guard because that had never happened to me before. And I was like, hmm. you're interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Nicola's always just been one of those independent, I can do it myself. And obviously, she lets, allows me to buy things for her now. I mean, she, well, she handles yeah. the money now. So, I pretend like I'm buying things for her. But can you remember your first date with Louise? We just went to see a movie. The movie we went and saw was Arthur with uh, that- Oh, with guy, Russell that, Brand. Who's that guy? Yeah, Russell Brand. Horrific movie. Terrible movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Uh, the lovely Louise and I went to a bar in Belmont High Street called Archives. Mm-hmm. Had a few drinks and then took a walk down High Street to another bar. Had our first kiss on the way. Was there a bit of hubba hubba? There wasn't <laughs> deep. <laughs> so, um, but the funny thing was, um, I'm, I'm sure listeners of the show know this, but my first name is Robert. My full name is Robert Guy Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on my... Uh, on my cards, it says Robert Davis, and so she saw when I was paying the uh, the tab at the uh, at archives. I thought his name was Guy. This thing says Robert. Am I being catfished? <laughs> <laughs> you know, is he a scammer? So um, I had to explain. No, 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 no. It's did she bring that up on the date or? I think she might have, or or at least a little, or at least maybe two dates later or something. Wow, <laughs> we. So she was willing to get catfished for a couple more days. <laughs> well, you, you, look at. I've got it going on, man. So. Exactly right. Exactly right. Why would I even question it? <laughs> but yeah, so J- Jerry's trying to, he's always like laughing at himself. Just I, going, Those I, brave, brave Krakatoans. <laughs> I thought that was very funny. And we get the, um, no, that's not Karma. That's, no, no, that's Kramer one, which I got, I got his very sitcom but it worked. It was funny, but just, I'm not used to but I'm the Chandler esque one liners with the audience laughter afterwards. It was almost like yeah. Jerry said the line and then he waited for the applause. It's not usual they have those kind of moments in Seinfeld. He then explains that George's girlfriend's going to get him out of trouble because she has all of his tax information and she, um, she has a connection to the IRS. She used to work there, I believe. Yes. And, uh, you know, it must be love. Cuts to George breaking up with her. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. Is it the chopsticks? Well, I prefer a fork. But, yeah. <laughs> but, then, the but then the explosion. It, it's, it was very good stuff by Jason Alexander here. It's like, yeah, it's that, but it's so much more. Yeah. <laughs> And then he he just can't stop himself after that. It's like, you know, the... Um, you call the doorman Sammy, Samuel. <laughs> and even then he realises he's gone too far. You know, have you ever had that where you've started venting some frustration and you realise, oh, oh yes. my God, I've got, I've got so much pent up stuff. I ran, I've just let it all out. And then you go, I think I made my point. <laughs> <laughs> it's when I, I say my point and Nicola gives me the look and she's like, you finished? I'm like, oh, I'm in trouble. <laughs> when I get the you're finished I know I'm in big trouble <laughs> but I like that he you know, he apologises for being harsh after he erupts mm. and she, you know, you know, she thanks him for being honest but still he makes her leave $4 as $4. you mentioned earlier <laughs> so good but it's even that oh, well, you know if you want to but you better yeah. <laughs> Jerry then describes the um, how an audit's very much like a rectal exam isn't it mm. not good at all <laughs> Well, it, it depends on who's conducting it. Yeah, that is true. Georgian arrives and explains that, you know, telling the truth is how he's going to live his life now. He's wasted so much not telling the truth. It's going to be so much easier. Did you know that his name was George Lewis Costanza, by the way? 
I didn't. No, I didn't even notice it in this. Learned a little something in this episode. George Lewis Costanza. Okay. <laughs> and then we get the awkward moment. It was great acting again from Jason here where as Jerry's saying, oh, no, you know, she's got my papers, blah, blah, blah. And George realizes, oh, shit. And we've all had those moments where we realize, oh, fuck, we forgot to do something. Yeah. Oh, the, the person's really looking forward to to something for dinner or like, we're supposed to, it used to be like you're supposed to tape something for my mum. And mm. she get home, she's like, oh, can you, can you put that video on for me or whatever that show? And I'm like, <gasps> oh, no, I didn't push record. <laughs> <laughs> Quick, think of an excuse. But, uh, but yeah, it's, it's so great. And Kramer sneaking out was just the best. Yeah. And but George says, "Don't worry, I think she'll still do it." Why would she still do it? <laughs> we left on good terms. <laughs> I, 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 what, what, how, how, how did it all happen? What happened? I told her she was pretentious. <laughs> Pretent- being called pretentious, it's not a swear word. It's not a coarse. It's not coarse language, but it's very offensive in the terms oh, of. God, if someone calls you pretentious, it makes you feel like a horrible human being. Pretentious is something you do not want to be called. Oh God, no! no Narcissistic no, no, no. and pretentious. I think are two of the key things you do not want to be described as. And I'm regularly described as both. <laughs> Certainly not by me. Not to your face, anyway. <laughs> but Jerry's, it's the IRS. They're like the mafia. They can take what they want. <laughs> Elaine and asked George, um, if, you know, how would you like it if she told you the truth? Oh, that's fine. Well, is, that, is that something I should know? You're extremely uh, careful with money. And Jerry in the background, oh, no, 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 no. It's not good. <laughs> and George, of course, freaks out about it, doesn't he? justifies I'm not working right now when I was working I spent baby Baby. (laughs) (laughs) baby's great (laughs) Jerry just wants to know where his papers are because that that element of the story felt a bit dated because everything now is electronic or whatever it's like who makes copies it's like we all Oh, yeah, that's right. It's 1991 everything was physical all papers so you could think like that but do you still get any paper bills no I maybe I don't handle the money I think we do get like maybe the phone not the phone oh no phone bills email Uh, Mm. maybe the power bill i have no idea i'm pretty sure all mine are electronic although uh rates house rates come in a paper thing and i'm like where is it have i have i paid it this month or this quarter or whatever we then get them you know he asks where the papers are and george says you should put in a pocketbook and then we get elaine asking pocketbook or handbag yeah that didn't sort of go anywhere did it? no i thought that was going to end up being something later on i mm. thought okay i read watched that and went all right remember that handbag 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 mm. but no it doesn't come into it at all he then calls her office and Patrice never returned from lunch I like Jerry's this is no good this is no good <laughs> it's just I can never end well so he calls home and she hangs up on him not good <laughs> so don't worry guys I'll, I'll sort this out I'll go over there tomorrow it'll be fine I'll handle it George is good at trying to cover his tracks I, oh, I've yeah. got this don't worry about it but Jerry's not buying it at all cut to the next scene and Kramer just has a windshield and I was like that's great <laughs> Of course he does. It's vintage Kramer. <laughs> and just he's, I found it on the road. <laughs> he's, so, he's so happy. He's so excited. But it's, it, occasionally that happens though. You'll see something like, how has someone left this on the street? <laughs> hey, that old man's pinching out trash again, Mum. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found a perfectly good Nutribullet. Hey, we, we've got our next door neighbour said to us, they've got one of those, um, what is it when they come and collect your junk? Like the hard, hard rubbish. rubbish. Yeah. Hard rubbish, yeah. Once a year in Australia, hard rubbish. They come and collect all your big goods that you can't afford to take to the tip and whatnot. And our next neighbour says, look, they're coming to our house next week, chuck any of your shit on our front lawn and we can, you can get rid of it. So we're going to put our barbecue out there. And <laughs> our friend's like, what, you, what, 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 what? And I was like, well, we've we got, we got a new barbecue. Like, does it work? I'm like, yeah. They're like, can I take it? I'm like, okay. And took our barbecue. I'm like, well, that was easy. <laughs> and I love the grey market things, lads. Someone's like... 
You're going to throw it out, eh? Uh, I can use that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I actually need to make one of those hard rubbish appointments because I've got a bunch of shit here that quite frankly mm. needs to go. And it's the easiest way to just get rid of stuff hard and fast. Just out the door. Don't even think twice about it. Just get it out. Once it's gone, it's gone. You can't put it back where it was. I've had. I've got this elliptical machine. Elliptical mm. exercise machine. That's, Ooh, that, that, I actually that, want one of those. Well, this one's broken, so you'll have I to- I don't want that have, one. <laughs> you'd have to get a- You're done with this one. And for ages- how many, how many years have you had this broken machine? 10 years, if not more. Why? Why? It's too big to sort of... I mean, every once in a while, every like 18 months ago, I remember my old personal trainer said he knew a guy who could fix that. I've got to call Nick, get the number for that jack guy. <laughs> it sounds like my mum. <laughs> my mum's just like, I know somebody can fix it. I'm going to keep it. I'm like, but you never, ever call that person, mum. Why have you kept it? It's like, I've got to make three calls for this? No. So um, eventually it's just going to be, I've got to make one call to the hard rubbish collection people and then I've got to drag it outside and put it on the uh, on the nature strip. Let me guess, it's got like shirts hanging off it and stuff, has it? Or? Oh no, it's just gathering dust in the back room. It's, it's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's uh, making life difficult when I want to reach a certain shelf uh, of DVDs. <laughs> it's like in the way, you still haven't got rid of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. But we've, all got that, we've all got that item that's just... It's an effort to get rid of. And we're just like, ah, oh, fuck it. It can just stay there. You know? Honestly, I'm going to have to out call- Out of sight, out of mind. Yeah. yeah. I am going to have to call someone. I can't get this out myself. I mean, I could, but it'd be terribly, terribly awkward. Um, so I'm going to have to call an able-bodied person to say, right, grab at this end. I'll be like, Ross, pivot, pivot. Because um, <laughs> it's a big, awkward kind of thing. And it's a smallish door at the back. But yeah. I imagine once I get rid of that piece of shit, it's going to be just like a, um, a load off my shoulders. <laughs> Let's let's make that can be out. Your New Year's resolution is getting rid of that fucking machine. Okay, then. let's make it happen. It's not even my New Year's resolution. It's by my it's by end of January resolution. Oh, let's make that happen for sure. Although, what date is it? Oh my god, there's only like ten days left in end of February resolution. Next, next, 2023 January. <laughs> I saw her naked. <laughs> he saw me naked. Kramer saw me naked. Well, you know, it was an accident. Who walks into a woman's bedroom without knocking? I want to know. I thought it was a closet. Uh. (laughs) Completely naked? Completely naked. Jerry, how can I go on? All right, I'll tell you what. It's going to make you feel any better. You can see me naked. No, thank you. I want you to see me naked. No, no, no. No, I want to show you. Just a second. Let's not lose our heads here. Now, Kramer, you know you're always welcome in my home, but as far as Mr. Johnson is concerned, that's another story. Have you ever had a moment where you accidentally saw somebody naked? It was my friend, from my, for me, the first time I ever saw a pair of boobs in the flesh that... That <laughs> like were there was like I would have been so great primary school would have been maybe like ten I guess it would be like no so it would have been eleven I reckon and I was at my friend Michael Colliver's house and he had a mum Rebecca lovely lady and I remember he said <laughs> I remember we were playing football or cricket or something in the backyard and hit the ball over the fence and he's like I got another one in my room so I said I'll run in and grab it I remember going into his house and I went and so the the way that his house worked going the back <laughs> You're remembering door, this very vividly dude yeah 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 I remember, mate it's stuck with me I never forget it so I went inside to his bedroom rummaged through and got his ball and I had to go into the hallway 
and then turned left to get to his bedroom. His bedroom was at the back of the house, so in the hallway and left. And then I got the ball, and as I'm walking out of his room, his mum is standing there with a towel in her head, nothing else on, assuming that we're still in the backyard, who's just had a shower. And she's looking in the, the hallway mirror, so she's looking not at me, but to the to the, to the wall. Checking the stuff I, I remember looking, going, uh, and then she looked at me, and she was like, Brandon! And I was like, ah! And I remember I, I, I just <laughs> went home. <laughs> I, didn't go, I didn't tell my mate what happened. Like, I just went straight home. And mum was like, I thought you were staying there for dinner. I was like, yeah, no, no, I'm coming home. <laughs> and, I, and the next day at school, my mum was like, did you walk in my mum naked? I'm like, I didn't walk in. She was just there. I didn't do it. I didn't mean it. She was like, I, I didn't like go into the bathroom. She was in the hallway with no clothes on. Yeah, you, you, you weren't a little perv. I mean, no, I know, but I, I felt... I felt like a perv though because she screamed and oh, she ran into so like it was just like bare ass like running into her bedroom and I was just like that was Rebecca with no clothes on and I just didn't know what to do this little 11, 12, 10 year old Dano just freaked out like what are these feelings? <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Have you ever had a moment like that? I don't recall actually, and you think I would. <laughs> um, no, I don't think I've ever had a, a moment like that unfortunately. <laughs> Good times. Oh, absolutely. Well, that's <laughs> That sounds like one that stuck with you. Yeah, it certainly did. Yes, I can envision it very fondly. But, yes, yeah, so Elaine's just, she's traumatised. How can I go on? And Kramer <laughs> offers to show himself naked. No, I want to, I want you to see me naked. No, no, no. You're always welcome in my home, Kramer. But as far as Mr. Johnson is concerned, that's another story. Kramer then explains why he's got the windshield, you know, how it's going to be Elaine's nude living room table. And she's like, what? what? It's invisible. Well, yeah. I won't see it. Don't worry. You'll sense it. <laughs> And this is where George arrives looking also very sheepish because he knows he's fucked up because Patrice was not there because she's now in a mental institution. By the way, very 90s ensemble on George. Again, was it red red sweater, this one? Yellow shirt, Yellow red shirt. cotton sweater. I think yeah. I actually had that, but in uh, in green. Back I reckon you could rock that, the green. It, it, was, a, it was a really nice jumper. Very uh, Ned flanders and it, and it did the... Ra- <laughs> it did. Not did the rounds of some girls, but uh, at least two girls borrowed it, and I think I had to call one of them and say, "Can I get that green jumper back, please?" <laughs> it's, it's really nice. <laughs> so are you, but that jumper. <laughs> That's like an episode of Friends where Ross has to go back and get his jumper that he left at his ex's house. <laughs> <laughs> so we now get some more stand up, and he's discussing like, "Why is it so awkward when you're being naked?" And it's true because it is. It's just it's so final. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's right. I mean, you can't sort of put your hands in your pockets or loop your fingers in your belt or anything like that or adjust anything. I mean, you can adjust stuff, but uh, it just looks weird if you're nude. And Jerry's not really known for his physical comedy or his, his mannerisms sometimes, but just the, yeah. the pose of the, I love to be able to put my hands in my pockets and just do this whilst I'm <laughs> naked. I really, really like that. Yeah. By the way, have we ever seen audience cutaways during Jerry's stand-up before? Yeah, sometimes, yeah. Have we? Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd, you know, maybe I'm looking away when they're on and just listening, but... When I, I was looking at the screen this time, I was like, hey, they're cutting away to a lady. Yeah, they, they occasionally do, yeah. Oh, okay. Then. I should be more observant. <laughs> We're now discussing the mental institution. She went out to Woodhaven and checked herself in. I'm, I'm sick over this. Who told you this? Her roommate. I've driven women to lesbianism before, but never to a mental institution. Big laugh. That one gets a, that's a very 90s joke. A very, very 1991 big laugh, that one right yeah. there, for sure. <laughs> <gasps> they went there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Shock treatment, the Bob Sacramento. <laughs> but what was it? His, his synapses, synapses, too large? synapses were too big. It just didn't take or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Jerry just still wants his papers, though. Understandable, because they are, that's like, 
I guess it's not a big deal if someone else knows your information, your financial position and whatnot, but it's like, mm-hmm. it, it's almost like one of those things where still to this day, it's offensive to ask somebody how much they earn per hour or like oh, at yeah. work, you might get a Christmas bonus and it's like, don't tell anyone else what you get. And it's like, fucking why? I give a fuck if someone got paid more than me. Like to me, I don't give a shit. You but know why people- they're doing that. So, you know, it's, it's to reduce solidarity. Really? Oh yeah, absolutely. I just don't care. If someone asks me how much do you earn an hour, I'm just like, is this much? I don't yeah. give a shit. Who cares? It's just money. <laughs> do you like me as a person? That's all that matters, right? Like, well, why, why is everyone so protective of their hourly wage? I just don't understand. I know. It's something I, I, I linked to an article on Facebook the other day from The yeah. Guardian about um, this woman who was a, uh, was a person who was a teacher. I mean, the photo was of a woman, but it might have been just like stock photo. But saying, oh, you know, I think my, my love's gone out of teaching. I think I really just sort of want to walk dogs or, you know, and I mean, I, I, I've got my life set up so I wouldn't be destitute or anything like that if I downsized, if I didn't have like a professional job. And it really spoke to me because, I mean, as you know, I mean, I've I've written and edited newspapers for a living and I've also picked and packed in a warehouse for a living. You know, and it doesn't make any difference how you make your money as long as you're not stealing it from someone. As you said, how you live your life is is what's important. So, um, Mm I don't know. (laughs) That's that's my two cents on life and money and whatnot. As long as you enjoy your job... It doesn't fucking matter how much you earn, in my opinion. Hmm. Like, if I could do podcasting for a living and I was earning, well, not even as much as I'm earning now, I couldn't give a shit. If it paid my bills and we could still go out and treat ourselves to a dinner occasionally, I'm yeah. happy. <laughs> if I could talk about Seinfeld for a living, fucking sign me up. Yeah. And I, you can make that happen, listeners. By signing up. <laughs> uh, by the way, guys, this is part. This show is part of the Four Finger Discount Network, if you aren't aware already. And you can get this show early and all the other shows we do are Friends Podcast, South Park Podcast, and Simpsons Podcast on the network, as well as movie reviews, commentaries, and other bonus podcasts. And for as little as a dollar per month, you can get access to some of these podcasts and join our exclusive Four Finger Discount Facebook community, where you get to banter with a guy myself on a, on a daily basis on Facebook and whatnot. So it's just in the link. The link's in the description of this podcast, patreon.com slash discount. If you do enjoy this show and you want to show some support and get access to some exclusive podcasts in return, just sign up now for as little as $1 per month. Would go a long way. If you could all just do that, it would go a long way to helping keep this show growing more and more. This indeed. More content. More. This could be the winter of your content. Uh, <laughs> this winter is what I mean. <laughs> Jerry asks if they can go visit Patrice at the mental institution. And he says, maybe? And then cuts to them in the okay, waiting no, room. The depression clinic. The depression clinic. I know, I know they get to that, yes. <laughs> I like the, uh, I've never spoken to a mental patient before. <laughs> Jerry's discussion of his cousin who freaked out out of no soda. This is this is my dad. When he walks in, he's like, can you get me a drink? I'm like, we've only got like orange juice. He's like, you haven't got any Pepsi Max? I'm like, no. He's like, why haven't you got any Pepsi Max? I'm like, because I haven't been to the supermarket. He's like, fuck. And I'm like, dad, it's just. It's a soft drink. Like, what are you freaking out about? Like, like, I want a soft. I want a Pepsi Max. (laughs) My dad will literally buy slabs of Pepsi Max for us. So just so there's Pepsi Max here when he comes over. (laughs) (laughs) We, not that Lou and I had a nearly had a fight the other week, but dish 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 the dirt. No, no, no. But um, she's got the drawer in the kitchen that's full of like. Panadol and no, no, all, all, your, all the little medical things, you know, oh, okay. like uh, yeah, quick yeah. quickies and Panadol yep. and all that kind of stuff. But she's also got three kids who will say take everything out and then just leave the empty box. They'll do that in the fridge as well. It's like, why are there no more frosty fruits? It's did you slap her? Did you slap her son? I did. <laughs> slap, <laughs> punched, punched him in the face. No, 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 no. Who <laughs> can? 
But I think I'd, I'd had a long day. I was kind of tired and a bit grumpy, and um, I was looking for some. I said, Oh, I've got a headache. I need to have any Panadol. I'll be in the bottom drawer, and I'm looking and going, All these fucking empty boxes. <laughs> no, no, this was. This, <laughs> I wasn't like, All these fucking empty boxes. I was like, All these fucking empty boxes. What is wrong with you, woman? <laughs> yeah, and I wasn't saying it to Lou because it's not, yeah, yeah, it's know, not on yeah. her, but. Um, she was kind of not hanging it on me for a couple of days. She's like, oh, empty boxes, huh? I'm like, it was a little annoying. Oh, so you said it out loud so she could hear it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I, I was sort of saying it to myself, but um, I mean, I wasn't saying to why are all these boxes empty? I was like, oh, man, all these empty boxes? <laughs> I just want some Panadol. But it was enough to make her ears go, mm-hmm, I'm listening. Yeah. <laughs> you got something else you want to say, guy? Yeah. You got something else off your chest? <laughs> I think I'm renowned for being fairly even-tempered over there. So, um, yeah, the fact that I showed even a slight amount of disgruntlement about something was cause for, not concern, more like just taking the piss out of like... How, how long can you keep that charade up for, though? Seriously. <laughs> pretty pretty easily. I mean, it's pretty nice over there. <laughs> so, George, um, you know, this was actually quintessential George. You know, I actually envy this woman. I should be in a place like this. I envy this woman. Get to wear slippers all day. Friends visit, they pity you. Pity's very underrated. I like it, it's good. Pity's underrated is like, that is an underrated quote. I forgot about that one. It's so great. But I kind of see where he's coming from. It'd be nice to, yeah, I think everyone deserves at least maybe like one day every six months or like a weekend every six months where, you know, your friends come around, it's like, doing okay? We brought you a meal, you know, or, oh, you're in your jammies? That's okay. No worries. I mean, for me, that's a lot of weekends, but uh, a little bit of a pity party. And usually you throw a pity party for yourself. Maybe yeah. it'd be nice if someone threw a pity party for you. Yeah, sometimes I like to just <laughs> like get stuff off my chest. And, like, I hate when Nicola and I are, like, not arguing, but we're just like, Oh, and this, that, and I hate it when I'm venting about something. Nicola will go, yeah, I know how you feel because I'm like, I don't want you to feel bad too. I want you to feel sorry for me. me. <laughs> Just listen to me. <laughs> I don't want to hear that you've got a shit life too. <laughs> Just throw your pity this way, please. <laughs> feel sorry for me. Anyway, but yeah, so George, as he says that pity's underrated, I thought it was just a fantastic line. Then they play the word association, which was also a big laugh. It was also good fun. And it's right though. There's, there's no wrong answer in, in um, word association. And this is where Patrice arrives, but we cut to Elaine's apartment, and it is just a fucking disaster. There's oh, God. Really loud tribal music playing. The kitchen is like, it made me sick to my stomach just looking at it. It's <laughs> uh, If you walked into that, into your, just say Lou had the kids over, right? And mm-hmm. they did that to your kitchen. How would you react? The charade would be over. <laughs> yeah, if they did it to my kitchen, I'd be like, hey, little bastards. But what if, you walked into, what if you walked into Lou's house and you saw her kitchen like that? If you went to Lou's house and the kitchen was like that, could you stay there? I couldn't. I'd be too, I, I just couldn't do I'd it. I'd probably clean it. <laughs> but Kramer dances in in his town for his town. And I've got here. I can completely understand why Elaine's angry now. But then we get to the the African dishes. So did you want to discuss these? Uh, not really, because I can't, I can't remember their names and I don't know what they are. Yum yumbalas and sambas. I think sounds Should we right. let's let's Google it? Why not? Let's do sure, it. do it. The listeners might uh, we'll Google it, so the listeners don't have to. <laughs> it looks like there aren't many great matches for your search. I wonder if they're made up. It would be pretty insensitive. Delicious food and sambas. No, so it must be something. Listeners, let us know because Google's not really giving me much here. Maybe I spelled mm. it wrong. I'm not too sure. What were the dishes that Kramer cooked up here? Were, are they delicious? And uh, 
let us know if we should try it sometime. I'm not, I'm not big on spicy food. I can imagine African dishes being spicy. I don't know why. I can just imagine them being spicy. Maybe it depends what you're having. Yeah. But, uh, and depends which African nation you are, of, 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 you are, of whose food you are partaking. So, talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. If you know what dishes they were eating here, let us know whether they are worth checking out. We would love to hear from you. And we'd also just love to hear from each one of you as well. Talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. Send in your questions, yeah, your messages. We want to hear from each and every one of you. We will reply to all of your questions. So, send them in. Talkingseinfeld at gmail.com. Tina sticks her head out now and she wants Kramer to come back. I do still think that uh, it's overacting. On the part of Tina, what's what's the what's the actress? This is a Siobhan Fallon. Yeah, I do think she really, really, really lays it on thick. I know it's funny, but it's probably just a little bit too much. A little bit, yeah. But I think that might be her style as well. I don't know if we've spoken about Siobhan Fallon in the past. I'm- we, we have when she was in The Deal. Yeah, but she was, I, I remember her most from Men in Black, where she was Vincent D'Onofrio's wife. Who- yeah, I think we did discuss it. That's what I remember from as well. And she kind of played a similar well, she acted very similar in that, didn't yeah. she? She didn't play a goofball, but she was just like, you're like different. And she's chewing, yeah. like she's always chewing the chewy in her mouth like that. It's just, yeah. it must be her style, I guess. But very enjoyable in this and, and well matched with Michael Richards. I, I just loved how much fun they were having. They were having a great time. Yeah. You know? And she asked the thoughts from Elaine on the coffee table. You know, you seem dysfunctional. And she asked for the truth. <laughs> I was expecting a you can't handle the truth line to be dropped here. But had that movie come out yet, maybe? It had, yes. I think it had. Um, 1990, well, was it? Or- uh, few few good men was like ninety two, I believe. That hadn't come out yet then. This was ninety one. Oh, okay then. There we go. I thought this was ninety three for some reason. Uh, nineteen ninety two that came out. No, this episode aired in nineteen ninety one. So yeah, hadn't. So that's why we didn't get the line. Okay, there we go. Because every time they say you want the truth, I'm like, well, here we go. Mm. But no, they never once said it. That makes sense. Well, that would be very sitcommy. As a that would be more sitcommy than Karma Kramer. Patrice then asks who Jerry is. This is my friend. And the little wave, it was just the best. Uh, and I've heard so many nice things about you from George. And oh, obviously, uh, uh, what does George, he, he says it's a mental institution. Well, obviously, this isn't a mental institution. <laughs> <laughs> but she just erupts, you know, don't lie, George. And everything's cool. We're just chatting. <laughs> I can imagine if I was like visiting someone in prison and it's, like the, the, there was a bit of a, a raisin voice and the guards looked at me I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's happy. Everyone's smiling. <laughs> So they can't, you know, they say George can't go two minutes without saying something stupid. Jerry keeps bringing up though, the, the, the pocketbook. He's trying to hint, you know, just, mm. do you have my papers? She goes, oh, you're Jerome, you know. Oh, yeah. I'll be happy to help Sh- you. Sh- because yeah, call back to the whole Samuel thing. Yeah, exactly. That's true. I didn't even see it that way. You're right. And George, you know, he's sort of made up with her here. He's made her think that it was his fault, not hers. And she's like, you know, I'll be happy to, to help you as long as you've got some copies. And Jerry's like, who makes copies? What are you talking about? <laughs> I guess it was, was it not a thing in 1991 to have copies of things? No, you'd think it would be. if it, for your, Maybe not for your receipts. Yeah, that's true. Who makes copies of receipts? Yeah, exactly. She didn't ask George, so are we back on? And we <laughs> cut to Elaine. And I like that Elaine lied to them because these guys are a good couple. And they're yes. having a good time, but they do need to sort their shit out and don't mess up. Elaine's apartment because it's not just theirs but I like that yeah as I said she, she lied to him said you know you, you, you make a nice couple they then dance to the child music again and have a great time it looked like it was just a bunch of fun to act out this scene between Absolutely. the two yeah. yeah yeah but unfortunately they go to smooch on the couch and they fall through the windshield table which of course you knew was going to happen but still yeah. it was fun when it did <laughs> yeah Jerry is now trying to get the receipt for, he's on the phone for the computer purchase in 1987 discuss the guy with the maroon maroon sports jacket and the toupee or the weave 
He then asked the guys, do you want to go in for a walk to 48th Street to try and get that receipt? I find a lot of Seinfeld episodes so far have ended this way, where it gets to the end of the episode and it's just like, oh, now I've got to help out this person that I didn't want to be with. Now I've got to help out the other person I want to be with. It's, it's yeah. like Elaine's now visiting Tina in hospital and George's got to go see poetry. First time poets at some burned out factory. <laughs> Remind, reminded me of the um, the artist he was dating, remember? And she was doing a performance at a burnt out factory or something, wasn't she? Wasn't she? Remember she was doing some sort of performance and he... he oh, yeah. The one that spilt the, the chocolate like on chocolate his, on him, yeah. Yeah, yeah. She was doing a performance at some sort of oh, warehouse <laughs> or something anyway. But Kramer walks in, he's all injured. He's like, hey, you going to the hospital? I'm going to join you. They all share a cab and we get the little throwback <laughs> to George being careful with his money. money. You're going that way anyway. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I understand, but still, you've got to chip, you've got to chip in. You do. You know, I, does this make me cheap? All right. When I go out with the boys mm-hmm. for some drinks or whatever, I don't do rounds. I hate the concept of doing rounds. There's always one person, two people who don't fucking end up buying a round. There's something to buy my drink. I'm a cheap drunk. I'll buy a couple of beers for myself and I'm done. I don't want to spend mm-hmm. 50 bucks on a round because you guys all want your big fucking pints with the expensive stuff. I don't do rounds. What about you? I tend to do rounds. You do rounds? It's just, well, a fucking, it's, it's just it's silly to me, but I don't understand the concept. Why can't you just buy your own drink? I, I get where you're coming from, certainly. If, if the idea of rounds is, oh, well, we all work out even in the end, then why don't you just go and buy your own drinks? Because this way everyone gets to feel generous. But it's like buying a $50 Christmas present for somebody who then gives you a $50 Christmas present in return. That's pretty much how Christmas worked out at my place this year. It's you're in like, the same position you're in at the start. So what's the difference? Just go buy something for yourself, $50. It's the gesture that counts. <laughs> it's the gesture. The gesture. The gesture. We end up some stand-up about the IRS. I like the little line here of the, it sounds like toy, Toys R Us. It's going to be fun. <laughs> <laughs> So, yes, The Truth, a very fun episode. I've read some comments of people saying they thought it was a very forgettable episode. I can kind of see that. It can be forgettable. It's not one of your classic iconic episodes. But I, I think this is one of the ones I enjoyed the most so far. I just thought the... And maybe because it was the most relatable, I guess. Mm. But I just thought that everyone was on point here. And I really enjoyed Kramer and Tina together. Uh, Elaine and Jerry didn't really have a whole lot to do in this episode. It was very much the George show. But what they did was spot on. I enjoyed this episode very, very much. Yeah, it, it does well what Seinfeld does well. So, yeah, props to this episode. Got a lot of, a great kick out of it. Because the mail never stops. It just keeps coming and coming and coming. There's never a let up. It's relentless. Right, so we had a question sent into the, uh, to the mailbag, talkingseinfeld at gmail.com, asking us, this one's from Joseph, Joseph D, and says that- Joey! Yes. Have you ever walked into somebody naked? So I've already answered my question. <laughs> have you ever nearly walked into somebody naked or walked into a room that you shouldn't have walked into? No, naked? but my dad did walk in on me naked. Oh, doing what? Were you just naked or were you- um, I was exploring my, my uh, myself. Oh, really? Okay, elaborate. I want to hear this story. Go, go, You go. know, I wasn't going at it full throttle. We were in Melbourne. We were at a hotel in a- and it was like Wait a minute. You're in a hotel and you're getting one out? Oh, I was 14. You know, at that stage, you know, you're, you're cranking them out three a day. You're racking up real numbers. Yeah, that's um, true. But we were, we were in Melbourne staying at a fancy hotel for some reason. I've forgotten why. I'll show you fancy hotel. That's correct. Uh, and there was a sauna. Uh, and I was in the sauna and, you know, had a towel wrapped around myself. And I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a bit sweaty. Ooh, this is what a... What a sensual environment. Hang on, wait, wait. So, so you're in a sauna. I'm thinking, wait, 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 wait. I'm thinking of a spa. You're in the sauna. Yeah. And I wasn't- I, I Oh, was, my. I was not cranking it out and I was not even in the sort of 
it was the very early pre-launch stage of like <laughs> I was still sitting on the towel, but the towel was kind of unwrapped, and I think I had my hand on the old chap. We are commencing countdown in yes, 10. indeed. I was thinking, well, <laughs> think I could get a think I could get away with this in here, maybe. And then was it the thrill of being caught though? Oh, it wasn't a thrill being caught. No, no, no. Was it Was it like that? Oh, oh, I could get away with this? No, I think at that stage it was just more like getting off. You know, I, I wasn't, I didn't have any kinkiness at that stage. And like, ooh, let's see what I can get away with. It's more like, hmm, no, this feels good. Feels good touch. <laughs> feels good touching my dick. What can I tell you? <laughs> That's amazing. So Bobby, and, what, what, what did Bobby do? I think he was as shocked as I was. And I would quickly sort of wrap the towel around myself. Oh, the towel fell down. Or so, I gave him some bullshit <laughs> excuse, which he pretended to buy very generously of dad. So good for him. Have you ever walked in on the folks doing it? Oh, God, no. You never have? <laughs> well, uh, my <laughs> all due respect to Bob and Margaret Davis, I, th- I don't know if I've told the story of the Davis family tree such as it is, but, I mean, I have four sisters all older than me. There's eight years between me and my next sister. Yeah, yeah. And I was born in September. So I get the feeling that uh, Bob and Margaret might have had a glass or two of champagne on New Year's Eve. <laughs> da, da, da. Nine years later, here's a happy surprise. <laughs> Rock the Casbah. Yes, indeed. <laughs> so, not that they were old by the time that I was around, but they were older. Um, so, hey, you and I were, were both New Year's babies. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> You're the fifth, right? I'm the fourth. Yep. Celebrate yeah. good times. Come on. So, um, no, I never walked in on uh, on Bob and Margaret getting it on. So, thanks for the question, Joseph. If you yeah, thanks, Joseph. <laughs> bringing that memory back up but if you've got any questions talking scythe out at gmail.com please do send in some questions and some messages just love to hear from you and I will read it and I will respond to each and every single one of you also don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts we need to get more reviews on there and some we, we, we will read out all reviews on the show uh, as they continue to come through and we want more five star reviews as well so we can Boost up the search engine on Apple Podcasts and people looking for a good Seinfeld podcast, which I think is what we deliver here at Talking Seinfeld. And if you are enjoying what we are delivering you, you're enjoying the show in your ears and you want to show some support in a very cost-efficient way by getting some stuff in return, you can be a four-figure discount patron for at patreon.com slash four-figure discount where you get early access to all of the shows we do here. Talking Seinfeld, four-figure discount, The Simpsons Show, Going Down to South Park and The One About Friends. Plus, you also get access to Zoom calls with Guy and myself, the four-figure discount uh, Facebook group, prize draws at the end of the month, uh, you name it, uh, movie reviews, movie commentaries, there's, there's plenty of stuff, plenty of exclusive, hours of exclusive content on the Four Finger Discount Patreon page and for as little as $1 per month you can support the show and join us on the Four Finger Discount Facebook group and banter with Guy and myself on a daily basis. Next week, Mr. Davis, we're going to be reviewing a classic episode called The Pen, which I cannot wait for. Mm-hmm. This has been the truth. A really, really enjoyable episode. Really a lot of bit, a lot of fun. It's been fun talking to you about it, Mr. Davis. But for now, any final words for those incredible listeners out there? Well, just to reiterate what Mr. Dando said, feel free to be a patron of Four Finger Discount and its attendant network, unless you are extremely careful with money.